Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks. And take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? Good morning, Sac City. Welcome into another episode of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukes. I am Mukes. It is a beautiful September 13th morning here in the city. Episode 81 is about to kick off. Hopefully the man does not try to bring us down today because we can't be stopped. We're here every morning to give you the best football coverage in the world. Aaron, how goes it? Uh, it goes. Tired. Got to go catch flights, you know, not feelings. But I'm good. I'm good. Gotta go. Ready to talk about this wild game. Got to go catch flights, not feelings. What That is a that's a new one. I have never heard that before. I have yeah, you not heard that before. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. So we've got a great show ahead of us. This will be a this will be a nice show. We've got the Monday Night Football recap. We've got some morning headlines. And once again, we have quite a lot of injury news that we are going to have to cover. Uh, but first, let's let's uh, let's kick things off with a little morning headline. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. That's right. It's time for the morning headlines. And I just got one. I think this is this could almost be tied into the injury report. But I feel like this is a much bigger conversation than just talking about it uh, within uh, the injuries. Dak Prescott, obviously, we discussed it yesterday morning with the uh, with the injury about how here it is. Thumb. He could potentially be back in November. Jerry Jones, Dr. Jerry Jones, I should say, has come out on the radio this morning and said he will not be putting Dak Prescott on the injured reserve list because he thinks he can return within the next four games. Now, I just think that's absurd, but who knows? We've got great medicine nowadays. We've got great doctors. Maybe Dr. Jerry Jones is one of the best in the world at identifying these things, but who knows? Either way, the Dallas Cowboys are now without their franchise quarterback for at least four games, at least. So there's backup quarterbacks on the market. And uh, there were, of course, rumblings about Jimmy Garoppolo out in San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan responded to comments on that and said, we'll listen to about anything that never changes for any player. 
Aaron, do you think the Dallas Cowboys have to go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, they have to go out and get somebody. And Jimmy Garoppolo is a good candidate. I've also heard the names thrown out there. Cam Newton. I wouldn't do that. Uh, Tyler Huntley's name was thrown out there. I thought that was interesting. I would like that a lot. Um, but yeah, they got to do something. Cooper Rush is obviously not the answer. If you needed Cooper Rush to play one game like he did last year, then sure, why not? Cooper Rush could go get you a win on Sunday night football against the Minnesota Vikings. But to go and beat Cincinnati and then beat a division opponent in the Giants and then Washington, for, for any length of time, there's going to be a problem. So, um, again, good guy to come in and fill in for one game. But when you got when you need something for, for any period of time, uh, you're going to need to go out and get a different answer. And I, I think they have to do something if they want to contend this year. Uh, but, you know, looking at week one, they won't contend whether Dak's there or not. So, uh, maybe they, maybe they chalk it up and say, hey, maybe we didn't have this team as prepared as we thought. Maybe the personnel isn't as good as we thought. And, and they take a look and just say, let's just try to ride this wave, see what happens. And then when Dak gets back, um, we'll see where we're at from there. All right. All right. That was pretty uh, this was pretty good. It's pretty good. But now I'm going to throw you off here. And I've been I've been seeing all the conversation about this Dak Prescott thing and the Obviously, the reports yesterday talked about him missing up up until probably around November. So I'm going to ask the hard hitting question. The Browns are in a similar situation with Deshaun Watson. Now. Well, not in a similar situation. You know, he's they, he there without Deshaun Watson until November. Which team between the Cowboys and the Broncos do you think are, is more likely to be able to still reach the postseason without their franchise quarterback missing a good chunk of change? That's a dumb question. Why? Why is that dumb? Because the Browns already have their answer. The Browns already went and paid uh, Jacoby Brissett. They knew what they were doing. They knew that Deshaun Watson wasn't going to be there. They've prepared for that. Dallas didn't prepare for this. That's that's a dumb question. Hey, and I'm, and, and I'm not saying it's a dumb question on your end, but whoever's asking that question or whoever's comparing the two, it's two different situations. The Cleveland Browns knew Deshaun Watson would not be there for whatever period of time. So they prepared for that. They went and signed Jacoby Brissett. They knew that Jacoby Brissett was the starter week one. He got playing time as a result of that. And now he's been prepared to play this entire time. Not to mention he's a veteran. Not to mention he played with New England. He's played on the Colts. He's been a starter in this league. The Cowboys don't have that on their roster. That's not a that's not a, a fair question. And the Browns roster is honestly better than the Dallas Cowboys roster. So, yeah, that's not compa- that's comparing apples and oranges to me. Um, or maybe apples and or oranges and, I don't know, different fruit. But it's... it's- uh, it's, it's not the same. And Cleveland is definitely more prepared to handle a situation than Dallas is. Dallas didn't expect this to come. Well, I was, I was just really referring to the fact that both teams will be, will be struggling and grinding it out until their quarterback, their starting quarterbacks come back. And both yeah, teams are likely Cleveland to have. Cleveland doesn't know Deshaun Watson. Cleveland doesn't know what they have in Deshaun Watson. I mean, they, they think they know. They, they know, don't know what their team is like with Deshaun Watson. They've never, he's never played for them. Dallas knows without Dak Prescott, they're not the same team. We, we've seen it before. We've seen him when he's been injured before. Um, Cleveland is working of the mindset like, hey, we've never had this guy. This was a luxury that we're going to get back in week 11. Dallas is not a luxury. That's the guy they need. They know they need that. Um, I, think, I think it's just two different situations. Cleveland was prepared and Dallas wasn't. That's a big deal. That's how you prep for a game, how you prepare, what kind of scheme you run. Like all of that goes into it. This is like just pops up. You have to change everything you do. And and I think that's the biggest difference. 
spent all offseason so working Dak Prescott. And now all of a sudden it's not Dak Prescott. Cleveland's been all offseason knowing that Deshaun Watson's not going to be there. That's fair. All right. Well, I guess I guess it was uh, – I don't. I still don't think it was a stupid question. I, I do think that there's, there is uh, a reason to compare the two situations because both are going to struggle at the end of the day without their franchise quarterback. Maybe now Dallas a little bit more uh, than Cleveland because this was not prepared – this was not planned uh, as you stated Cowboys now at least going uh, Dr. Jerry thinks four games. A lot of people think six to eight. What do you think the record for the Dallas Cowboys uh, is when they uh, without Dak Prescott, at least mm-hmm. let's just say six games, the next six. You can't games. predict the win. You can't predict the win on any of that. So no wins things. at all. You can't predict a win. You can't predict that Dallas and goes and beats New York. You can't, predict they beat Washington with Cooper Rush like you don't have an answer so as of right now I can't predict hey they're going to win this game because uh, every game on that schedule now looks like a loss okay that's can they win a game yeah sure they could win they could go and pull an upset but if I'm if I'm a betting man which I am uh, those <laughs> teams should be favored over Dallas all of them okay that's fair that's fair all right that does it for our morning headlines presented by manscapes body wash get your manscaped body wash today their smooth smooth body wash is their ultra premium body wash is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling fresh and clean get your manscaped body wash today use that promo code sac city at checkout to save 20 percent off let's get into the injury report That's right. It's time for our wonderful injury report that seems to get longer and longer each day. Um, Let's start with last night's game, which we'll get into in a little bit. Jamal Adams carted off week one with a quad injury, and they do believe it's serious. Um, I was watching that game, and I saw the play. And Jamal Adams and Javante Williams had a nice little back and forth going, and then Jamal Adams came up lame on a play and uh, looks like something serious in the quad, maybe maybe, uh, torn something. We're not sure yet, but um, they do expect that it's serious. Uh, we mentioned T.J. Watt's pec injury um, does not require surgery, and he could re- return before November, so maybe not as bad as originally thought. That's good news for the Steelers. Um, obviously, it's their best player on defense, arguably their best player on defense. I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick had something to say about that on Sunday, but um, defensive player of the year candidate, that's definitely a, a loss that they're going to, to miss. Um, Deshaun Hand of Tennessee Titans undergoes season-ending surgery for torn quad himself. Um, that he suffered on Sunday against the Giants. So he will miss the remainder of the season. Uh, big blow there for the Titans. Elijah Mitchell, week one, Dylan called it, man. Already hurt. 49ers backfield is going to be a mess. Uh, approximately eight weeks with an MCL sprain. Jeff Wilson will take over the job. And then Tyrion Davis-Price, um, whoever behind the, those guys. So that what I think you're going to see more Debo Samuel, um, more, more Trey Lance running the football. Um, I believe he led them in carries anyways week one, so I expected more of the same. Uh, but still big blow there for the 49ers run game. Ravens quarterback Kyle Fuller's torn ACL. He is done for the season. Um, they got some guys back this year. Obviously, Kyle Fuller being out now hurts that a little bit. Um, Eagles defenseman Derek Barnett also ACLs, done for the season. This is what we start to see, guys. We don't want these torn ACLs, torn Achilles, out for the year type injuries, and we've already had a couple now. Uh, Fedarian Mathis suffered a meniscus injury. <laughs> going to end his season. So uh, another season-ending injury that's not good um, there in the NFC East. 
And then Godwin and uh, Chris Godwin and Najee Harris injuries not as serious as first thought. Um, the Steelers are hoping Najee is good to go on Sunday, and the Bucks will wait. I'm sure they'll be very cautious with Chris Godwin coming off the big knee injury last year, um, and they have the the luxury of waiting a while. Uh, Keenan Allen unlikely to play on Thursday, and you know it's just probably because it's a quick turnaround. Um, it shouldn't be something long term, but it is um, concern for Thursday. They will miss him against a good Kansas City Chiefs team, and then Mac Jones back. Scan came back normal. Surprise, surprise. Um, like, like we kind of thought it would. I think it was more of a, I didn't want to talk to the media or Belichick didn't want me to talk to the media type injury. So um, I, I, I put that, I, I put that in the injury report just last, just for you, just for you, to be honest. Yeah. 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 What a That's guy. What report. There it is. There it is. After coming up after this commercial break, we are going to be getting into our Monday night football recap featuring the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. This season preview is brought to you by Manscaped's brand new ultra premium two in one shampoo and conditioner. This luxurious lather cleanses and nourishes in just one step using coconut water, green tea and aloe. This non-greasy daily formula is naturally hydrating and rich in antioxidants to revitalize the look and feel of your hair. So head on over to manscaped.com and use the promo code SACCITY for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The new ultra-premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner from Manscaped. Take care of hair everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. Get your Manscaped products today and again, use that promo code SACCITY at checkout to save 20% off. The Seattle Seahawks took down, pulled off the upset, spoiled Russell Wilson's return uh, to Seattle 17 17- 216 over the Denver Broncos last night on Monday Night Football. We saw a little bit of everything last night. We saw Russell Wilson enter the game with raining down booze. Seattle fans did not like I, I was actually kind of taken back by all the booze that Russell Wilson got. Um, but he got quite the welcome. And then Geno Smith, man, that first half from Geno was something. I don't want to say special because it, he didn't like do much. The, all the most of his passes that he threw were really like short, maybe intermediate passes, except for like the touchdown pass he had to Cody Parkinson. Um, but he was great. He started off the game hot, thirteen for thirteen um, with his with his first few passes, and he looked he looked like they made the right decision uh, at the quarterback position. Aaron, instant takeaways from this game. Uh, from the Geno Smith side, we'll talk about the Broncos in a second, but from the Seahawks side and specifically Geno Smith. Um, first, I want to say the fans that booed Russell Wilson, you guys are idiots. Um, and I'll say it, you know me, I'm not scared. Uh, they're idiots. The man brought the only Super Bowl title to their to their city and they boo him. He's been he was there for a long time. Like, just appreciate what he did and let the man move on with his career. I don't understand what the whole point of booing a professional athlete is. I never have, never will. Don't understand it. You'll never convince me. Otherwise, it's absolutely stupid to boo a professional athlete who decided to switch teams. Um, I, I just think that's the dumbest thing. Sorry, I, I'm re- I get really irritated at that. No, that that um, that I I am I feel the same way about that because I, I I have no problem booing people, but for someone who gave you so much of his career. And you are booing like that's just that doesn't make any sense. Like I, I it it doesn't at all. Yeah, 
I, I, I mean, I just, I don't get it. I'm, I'm not a big booer anyways. Like, I don't know what that does for boo. Like, I don't get it what it does to people, especially as an athlete. You just kind of look at it like I'm getting booed. Okay. Um, but, but even more so, like you said, the fact that he's, what he's done for that city and that organization, how they were an irrelevant franchise for the most part outside of one year with, with Hasselbeck and going to the Super Bowl and losing. Uh, Russell Wilson has been that franchise for a long time. So, Definitely um, disappointed in some of the Seattle fans because some of them were cheering. I did see that, but booze always overpower the cheers, and, and it did uh, on Monday night. So that was disappointing. Geno Smith played good, man. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. It's this everybody like you mentioned not going down the field. They didn't have to. Like if you're Geno Smith, your job is to not make mistakes and make good throws when you need to make good throws, make key timely throws, and put your team in a position to win. And he did that. Um, yesterday so i was super impressed with Geno smith i love when he was you know running for first downs diving all that good stuff i thought Geno smith played excellent and it goes to show why he won that job I'll yeah and I, uh, he's a yeah professor. exactly and he and like you said he didn't have to like i think it was perfectly schemed i think this game was perfectly schemed from a seattle seahawks side of things with like with the, what they did on defense, what they did on offense, they didn't make Geno Smith have to be something he was not. Like he, he, they stuck to the game plan. They did what they had to do with him, um, and won the game. I mean, you look at you look at the carries for Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell had uh, twelve carries. He had, let's see, he what? had. Uh, oh, not Elijah Mitchell. Rashad Penny, different West. Uh, <laughs> The different NFC West running back. He had 12 me. carries for 60 yards. He was efficient. Um, it just seemed like this entire game plan was good for the Seattle Seahawks. On the Denver Broncos side, you uh, there there were actually hold on. I do want to play this sod real quick from Geno Smith after the game. I don't care if the, the man can bring us down. I don't care. Take us down. I don't care. Um, Geno Smith after the game had one of the best quotes. Uh, I think this is going to go down maybe as the quote of the year. I know it's early, but he, this could go down as quote of the year. Oh, they wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. All right. Congratulations, Gino. <laughs> thank you, thank you. They wrote me off, and I didn't write back. That's the dude right there who's – that's the dude right there who's been through some shit and not willing to be – kept down uh shout out to you know smith and shout out to the seahawks for making the right decision uh for for uh their starting quarterback position at least for one week at least for at one least week. for one week yeah let's, let's yeah make sure we we clarify that was a home game home opener against russell wilson everybody's coming out in a different perspective week one let's they made the decision right decision for at least one week and gino you have the right to say that for at least one more week yeah i don't think we're that, gonna judge him again next week we are. Yeah. No matter what we say, if he throws four picks next week, people are gonna be like, "Well, when, when's Drew Locke's time?" Like people are going to yeah. do that. So yeah, I don't. I don't think he did enough in this game to say, "Okay, Gino, you are safe. You're the guy. You're like your leash just got a little longer because of what yeah. you did in this game." No, I don't. I don't think that by any means. Uh, two, 23, 23 of twenty eight, two touchdowns for Geno Smith and a really good first half. Um, on the Denver Broncos side of things. Russell Wilson's return was, uh, I would say, almost fell flat. 29 of 42, 340 in a tutty. Uh, I don't, I didn't see a whole lot uh, from Russell Wilson in turn, like his stat, like 340 yards and touchdowns. It's, it's good statistics. But it just seemed like the Denver Broncos were not clicking on offense. The defense looked good, but it just didn't seem like the offense was clicking. It took about 10 passes for 
Russell Wilson to actually target a wide receiver. And then when he finally did target a wide receiver, it was Jerry Judy and it went to the house. So that's, that was a good sign and a good thing for the Denver Broncos, but let's talk about it. Aaron, the last play of the game, the Denver Broncos go for a 64 yard field goal on the leg of Brandon McManus. And well, they didn't make it. They lose the game 17 to 16. And it's just, I can't, I can't get over this. I read it on the headlines, the lower thirds of every show and our shows and everything. It's like the Denver Broncos failed to convert on a, or failed to get a 64 yard field. Like in what world did you think that a 64 yard field goal was the right move? Like, it just doesn't make sense. What are your thoughts on the, on the call and the ending for the Denver Broncos? Yeah, um, my question to everybody that that is saying that would be, what number would have been okay? What number would have been okay? If if that was a 57-yard field goal, would we have been okay? If it was a 55-yarder, would, would we have been okay? If he would have made it, would we have been okay? Um, that would be my question to everybody that's saying that because I'm also on the side of what in the hell were they thinking, but I'm of the side, I don't care if that's a 25-yard field goal. With a minute left in the game, and Russell Wilson, who you paid $264 million for on fourth and five, you decided to take the ball out of his hands. So what did you pay Russell Wilson for? Uh, It's the Aaron Rodgers down eight argument. It's the – I don't have a problem with the the people that are upset about it. I would have a problem if the people – that are upset about it are only upset because he didn't make it or only upset because it was 64 yards. I don't care. I wouldn't have kicked a 50 yarder in that situation with a minute left. I am going for it. I'm putting the ball in Russell Wilson's hands and I'm saying, go do what I paid you to do, which is get a first down. And yep. despite what you say, Vinny, I thought Russell Wilson played great in this game. I thought he did exactly what Russell Wilson does. And early in the game, he found guys that were open, like he's supposed to, they were focusing on the receivers early. The defense was, and then when they started to realize, well, Russell Wilson's going to throw to whoever's open, they started to change their defensive scheme on Seattle. And what did he do? They started getting more man coverage on the outside and started getting more zone coverage, and they would find those little holes. And then you started seeing uh, Jerry Judy get open and Cortland Sutton get open. Um, I thought Russell played great. They were in the red zone twice, had two turnovers in the red zone. If those convert into touchdowns, you have a 31-point game for the Denver Broncos. So this comes down to two things. One, I'll say it again, this is what happens when you have sloppy football play early in the season because you didn't play anybody in preseason. You did not play Russell Wilson. You didn't play any of your starters. Number two, the only thing I was very disappointed in from the, from the Denver Broncos is their running game. I'm sorry, but you cannot watch a football game and watch the way Javante Williams runs and give him seven carries. I, I, I do not understand it. Did you realize that Javante Williams probably broke, I don't know how many, if, if the numbers are out there, he probably broke eight to ten tackles last night. Like nobody could bring him down. And yet you give that man seven carries. I get it. It was a ton of work out of the backfield. He had 11 catches, uh, but a lot of that was in garbage time late, just trying to move the ball down the field. He cannot have seven carries. This, your team will continue to struggle if you are going to lean more heavily on Melvin Gordon than you are on Javante Williams. And it's not a knock on Melvin Gordon. He ran pretty well. Javante Williams is a game changer. And I keep saying that, but he is a different type of running back. He's the... Ezekiel Elliott, when he first came out, he runs like that. And if you're not going to give him the ball, then I, I don't know what 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 more you want. Like Russell Wilson, I thought played okay. I thought he played exactly what he was supposed to do. That's well, what I expect from a Russell Wilson offense. 
they just I didn't, didn't mean, convert. I didn't mean to say it was like Russell Wilson played bad or anything like that. I just wasn't wowed by Russell Wilson's return into Seattle. I thought I was a little let down on that side of things, but I do think the Javante Williams point is a really good talking, uh, a really good thought here because again, it, Melvin Gordon, no disrespect to Melvin Gordon. He's still, he's still a serviceable running back. He still can help you get the job done, but those carries need to be more in favor of Javante Williams because of his game changing ability. I mean, seven carries for 43 yards. I mean, he was productive. He was efficient. And even in the passing game, he was efficient, 11 receptions, 65 yards. Like he gets the job done and I get it. In the red zone, goal to go, you give it to Melvin Gordon because maybe he's you think he's more reliable. But on this play here, I think Javante gets you in here because of how the style of running back that he is and what we've seen from him early on. I think this fumble doesn't happen uh, if you give the ball to Javante Williams. I think they get into the end. It's not even just the fumble itself. Almost happened. It is what it is. It's, it's unfortunate. Um but I think he gets into the into the end zone there and gets the the Broncos into basically to win this game. I think um, they had ten goal to go situations in that game, zero touchdowns on them, and two lost fumbles in the game for the Denver Broncos. Now I'm going to say this. I know I just went on the spiel about Javante Williams, but I'm going to say this, and I am. I know it's just week one. But I feel more confident about my pick of saying the Denver Broncos are not going to make the playoffs. Um, I, I made that as my preseason prediction, and I'm happy, happy about it after seeing that game. I know it's week one, but let me take everyone back here. I know it's a long time ago. But there is a reason why the Jacksonville Jaguars fired Nathaniel Hackett. He was calling the plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I, I can't count – I can't even begin to count how many times there were situations to the Jaguars that I said, okay, what the hell is this play calling? I don't get it. And I go back to the fumbles on the goal line. You give it to Melvin Gordon instead of Javante Williams. That's one thing, but you paid, went out and paid Russell Wilson. You've got these weapons in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Why are you not getting your big time playmakers involved in your goal to go situations? You had 10 plays. 10 plays and no nothing to show for it except for two fumbles. That's bad play calling. And then the missed kick at the end of the game, not so much the missed kick, but the play calling, put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands and have him go out and make a play. I, I know it's week one and I don't want to be overreacting here, but I have that fear now in my mind that Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers have an effect on Nathaniel Hackett here and that it covered his, his in what in, in not inconsistencies insufficient. What, what's the word? What am I looking for here? What's the word? I, I don't know. I, I, I know where you, I know what you're trying to say, um, but I think this is about inexperience more so than anything. May, this, that, is that a, maybe, this is a head maybe, coaching job, a head coach that doesn't have the experience that is needed to make decisions. We could talk about play calling all we want. Um, because play calling does matter. But at the end of the day, let's let's be honest. You got 10 plays inside the five-yard line, inside the 10-yard line, whatever it is. Um, Russell Wilson's got to find a way to the end zone. Javante, Melvin Gordon, Corlin Sun, Jerry Judy, regardless of what that play is called, they got to find a way to get in the end zone there. They didn't. Um, the coaching and experience I think he lacked was time management was poor throughout this game, not just at the end. The time management was not great. If you watch every single time 
uh, Russell Wilson is rushing the play clock down. Getting, and it, what, what that caused, it caused a number of false starts. It caused a number of plays being blown up because play calls were not getting in on time. That's the inexperience that I saw from a Nathaniel Hackett that he's going to have to improve on. I don't necessarily want to talk about just the play calling. I thought as a head coach, he looked very inexperienced. Like he wasn't sure of what he's got to manage the whole team. He's got to call the plays. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. And that's what I was most concerned about because um, they had 12 penalties. 12 penalties is not going to get it done for 100 yards. And and when you when you talk about a team, again, no preseason action. So you didn't get to work on any of this stuff in a real game. And that's a problem for me. And I said that I had a problem. We, we talked about it all preseason. I had a problem with that. I thought it would come back to haunt them. And once again, a team that was not supposed to win. Seattle was not supposed to win this game. Went in and beat a team because they looked more prepared. And I think that strictly comes from what was done in the offseason and how they prepared themselves in the preseason. And Nathaniel Hackett looked very inexperienced. I, I, I don't have an argument there. I agree. I think he did look inexperienced. And I'm not going to go out and say that he can't make the adjustments. He can't figure it out. Because, again, like you said, this is his first real shot at being a head coach. Maybe things could be a little different. But in my mind, from seeing what, what um, Nathaniel Hackett has been in the past, I have that fear of Green Bay. He has the Green Bay Packers effect and the Aaron Rodgers effect, and it made him look great. And now he gets to be on his own, and it's not like he get, he reverts back to what he was in Jacksonville, and he, there was a reason why he got fired. Um, and you brought up the penalties for the Denver Broncos. They actually led the league in week one penalty yards um, for in the NFL. So that's it's not a good – 12 not penalties, good, two turnovers. They almost had 500 yards of offense. So yeah. the offense was working. It just it just didn't result in points. Um, I'm it. probably not as as discouraged as as you are when it comes to what the Denver could do going forward. Um, I like I said, I did like the way Russell Wilson played. He, he did what I expect him to do. Uh, they just have to capitalize and grow because um, I wasn't impressed by a lot of teams in the AFC that we thought were so was so powerful. Like yeah. outside the Bills, Chiefs, and, and and Chargers, like who were we really impressed by? Cincinnati yeah. laid an egg. The Colts didn't play well. Like all these, Baltimore all barely teams, beat the Jets. Baltimore wasn't at their best. So like a, there was a lot of teams that were disappointing in week one. So I'm yeah. not as down as far as like saying they I, can't make the playoffs. Or I just well, think no, I, they were not prepared coming into week one. I originally said the Denver Broncos were going to miss the playoffs, but that had nothing to do with like the 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 production of the team. I did not have them having a losing record. I have them at 11. Remember everybody, my record for a lot of the teams in the AFC were very good records, including the Denver Broncos at 11 and six. That was my record prediction for them. And I had them missing the playoffs just because of, and after this week with what the Bengals did, maybe the Bengals are a team that misses the playoffs instead. Cause I do think the Denver Broncos looked much better than the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but 11 and six and had them missing the playoffs. Not a bad prediction for that. But like I said, I do feel a little bit better saying they missed the playoffs. Cause now I could see with this bad coaching from this game, not to say you can't fix it, but at the end of the season, it comes down to coaching. I'm going to take all those experienced coaches over Nathaniel Hackett uh, and this Broncos team. So the Seattle Seahawks defeat the Denver Broncos 17 to 16. That does it for our Monday night football recap. That does it for all of our week one coverage. We'll be back again live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube for another episode of the Sac City podcast. We're breaking down. Fa oh, wait, I have a player of the game. I, I'm so disrespectful. I am so disrespectful to this man. I forgot. I have a player of the game for this Monday night football. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry.
this. All right. Geno Smith gets my player of the game. The man came in, came in and obviously not a phenomenal, flashy 350 yard game, but he came in and did the job. Shout out Geno Smith. And he is my player of the game. That does it for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. We'll be back again live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube at the Sac City Pod. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media page, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok for the best social media content in the world. In the world. You're on mute. Oh, man. Oh, there it is. There you go. Okay. What? You didn't need. Okay. All right. No, I thought you were. I, I was hoping you would, you would do the. Never mind. Uh, okay. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern time, talking fantasy football. <laughs> yep. Whew. Football's here, boys. Football's here. All right. Goodbye. That's all you're saying? Peace out. <laughs>